On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Everybody and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I am so glad you're here. My name is Victoria, and it's just so good to have you. Thank you for tuning in on the podcast, like on Apple or Spotify, and thank you also for watching on YouTube. Now, today's episode is all about Psalm 73, and let me just say that Psalm 73 drips with wisdom, especially when it comes to our daily focus and drive. If we're caught in the comparison trap or if we fix our thoughts on notions that lead us to no good end, we risk finding joy in the here and now. On today's episode, we're going to unlock three secrets to finding lasting happiness and joy every day as inspired by Psalm 73. The approach is quite simple, but does require determination on your part. So are you ready? Okay, let's dive in. Psalm 73 is generally attributed to Asaph, the famous musician. You'll remember that the Psalms are poetic songs. When I say Psalm and song, it sounds almost alike, but the Psalms are songs, S-O-N-G-S-S. And the theme of this Psalm deals with how God blesses both good and bad men. I mean, come on. Have you ever looked at some folks and thought, Geesh, why did they have so much success? How did they get so lucky? I'm doing everything right. Okay, virtually everything. And where's my reward? You ever thought that? Well, I can remember a time in my life when I became so disgruntled with God. I didn't realize it at the time, but I thought that I could earn God's favor and his love just by my behavior. The more I worked for him, the more he would bless me. I had this God-sized dream, and by faith, I just knew that God would fulfill it. Do you have a dream, a prayer request, or a petition that falls square within God's will and his word? Are you serving him at church, in your community, telling the truth, doing everything right, fully expecting by faith that God will grant your wish? Yeah, that was me. And guess what? God did not answer my prayer. And I was mad about it. I felt disillusioned and let down, basically, after all I did for him. Come on. And look at all those other people who didn't even serve the God I knew, and yet they were happy as clams, or at least so I thought. I even grew angry with God at how he was blessing all folks, and yet I I was out of the loop because despite all my hard work for him and for his kingdom. Well, Psalm 73 kind of hits this whole notion square in the face as the psalmist shares his agonizing journey toward releasing the outcomes on his prayers, trusting God and ditching the notions that we, that the better we Christians behave, the more devoted we are to God, the more we will find his favor and be blessed. The psalmist stopped comparing himself to others and started focusing on what really matters. 
And that's where we're going to get to. So let's listen to this psalm and then unpack the three things that you and I can do to really live fulfilling and happy lives. These three things appear to be the secret to lasting joy and contentment. And guess what? It has nothing to do with other people and what God is doing in their lives. Psalm 73, the NASB version. God certainly is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet came close to stumbling. My steps had almost slipped. For I was envious of the arrogant, and I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no pains in their death, and their belly is fat. They are not in trouble like other people, nor are they tormented together with the rest of mankind. Therefore, arrogance is their necklace. The garment of violence covers them. Their eye bulges from fatness. The imaginations of their heart overflow. They mock and wickedly speak of oppression. They speak from on high. They have set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue parades through the earth. Therefore, his people return here, and abundant waters are drunk by them. They say, How does God know? And is there knowledge with the Most High? Behold, these are the wicked, and always at ease they have increased in wealth. Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure, and washed my hands in innocence. For I have been stricken all day long, and punished every morning. If I had said, I will speak this way. Behold, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. When I thought of understanding this, it was troublesome in my sight until I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I perceived their end. You indeed put them on slippery ground. You dropped them into ruin. How they are destroyed in a moment. They are utterly swept away by sudden terrors, like a dream when one awakens. Lord, when stirred, you will despise their image. When my heart was embittered and I was pierced within, then I was stupid and ignorant. I was like an animal before you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You have taken hold of my right hand. You will guide me with your plan, and afterward, receive me to glory. Whom do I have in heaven but you? And with you, I desire nothing on earth. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you will perish. You have destroyed all those who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, the nearness of God is good for me. I have made the Lord God my refuge, so that I, I may tell of all your works. And this is the word of the Lord. What three things can you and I do to cut to the chase? And find that joy and that peace day after day, that very joy and peace that the psalmist concluded in his life. Did you see his progression? How he started with all this comparison and angst in his heart and turmoil and 
gee, Lord, this is unfair, all of that. Did you see that? And then he said, until. It's kind of like the word, but, until. In other words, he had that revelation. His thoughts began to change, right? You know, on the Choose to Think podcast, we're all about our thoughts and how what we think about really matters. So we see the psalmist focusing so much and so intently on others and the benevolency of God toward them, even though they may not have been serving him. And they would think things like the psalmist was thinking things like how unfair this is, how unjust this is. Look what I've done for you, Lord, but yet you're blessing them. Those thoughts, when we engage and energize those types of thoughts, it leads us to no good end. And so entering the sanctuary of God, that's when the psalmist was able to shift his focus, his perspective, and to gain new insight and new awareness. And those three things are that you heard just a moment ago as I read the psalm. The three things are keep yourself pure. That's number one. Number two, enter the sanctuary of God. And then number three, make God your refuge day in and day out. Notice how this has everything to do with just you and God and very little to do with anyone else. So let's unpack those a little bit. Okay, number one, keep yourself pure. Okay. I got to thinking, how is water purified? And basically there are several methods used in the water, water purification process, which include three types. Let's just focus on three. Physical processes like filtration. Number two, biological or say using carbon. You've heard that before. You may have carbon water filters even. Or number three, chemical processes, like when you add something like chlorine to water. Okay, so let's take those three notions of water purification and apply those to our Christian walk. So how do we do that? How do we keep our souls, our hearts, our minds pure? Our mind is the seat of our emotions, right? And our, and our feelings and so many of our decisions that we make right here with our mind. So how do we keep it pure? Well, physically, in a nutshell, we filter. Okay, we filter our media, social media, the television, movies, books, through a Christian worldview. We're always on the lookout to answer these types of questions. How is God portrayed in this media source? How is the family depicted? How are gender roles defined? Is sexual immorality conducted? How is the church portrayed? Do the values presented in this media line up with the values that are presented in the Bible. In other words, using the Bible as our moral compass. How do they differ? When we come into media with these types of questions and really on the alert with our brains engaged, we're less likely to be brainwashed. And I know that sounds kind of strong, but we're, we're less likely to be influenced or into giving way into otherwise secular humanistic thoughts and views. So nowadays, even it is not hard to find decent and even wholesome media options. So that's one thing we do physically to keep our minds, our brains, our souls, our emotions pure. All right. What about biologically? Okay. Well, in other words, if, if water can be cured or purified biologically by say carbon, what would be our carbon? What would be our source? 
Well, it would be the word of God. Yes. So we keep ourselves pure by knowing the word of God, by listening to his word through prayer and through talking to him. We ask him to help us guard our hearts and our minds. We gain a new perspective, a shift, a pivoting to what God says about himself, what he says about me or you, and what he says about your situation and mine. That kind of biological application will really keep our hearts just and our minds founded on truth that is our source that is our truth and you know it would be difficult to filter all those media choices to purify ourselves in our media choices even through a biblical worldview if we don't really know what the bible says in the first place so it's kind of goes with number one but it's critically important we ask god to help us take our thoughts captive to help us be transformed through the renewing of our minds so number one we make good um media choices. And then number two, the second little component of purifying ourselves would be that we we use as our foundation, the Bible, the word of God. And then chemically, all right, to keep water purified, chemically chlorine's added, you know, you can smell it, right? Or if you go to a swimming pool, a public pool, you can smell it. Salt is another thing that we can add chemically. And I wish I had gone on that tangent because salt is a wonderful purifier as well. But just let's say metaphorically, it would be the Holy Spirit. All right. Because the Holy Spirit will convict us and really clean us up much like chlorine will do in water. The Holy Spirit resides in us and is our paraclete, our comforter, our guide in all the things we do. And he helps us stay pure. And he indicates to us when that danger light is going on, on our dashboard, so to speak. So, so in order to find joy and peace, day after day, we stay pure. That's number one. And I've given you three ways that we can actually stay pure as Christians. Well, number two, according to the psalmist and what he did in Psalm 73, we enter the sanctuary of God. Why? Because the sanctuary is when we, we symbolically, we begin to understand things at a deeper level. Now, the sanctuary might be church. It could be a sacred place or a holy place that you have. And I like to call this an option that really does promote self-care. Because when we enter the sanctuary of God, essentially we're taking care of ourselves, our souls, our minds, our bodies even. We want to be healthy in all ways spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, we relationally, we want to have optimal health. And that's what I talk a lot about on the podcast is achieving that, that state of optimal health. When we symbolically or figuratively enter the sanctuary of God, we're doing something so positive for our spiritual health. And that's why I call it self-care, setting aside time for God each week and each day is critical in our Christian journey. We prize and value this time alone with God. We, we need God and we need each other. So we don't want to forsake the joining together as a community of believers either, like our church. We want to foster that relationship with him. Personally, I enjoy the Wednesdays. When, that I can, when I can get over to the Iron Bell Ministry Center in Louisville, Kentucky, it's like a little oasis in, in life in general. The reason I like it is because I have to drive to it. In other words, I've got skin in the game. I'm intentionally going there to pray, to worship, 
to cry, to talk to God, to read the word, to do all those things that foster my relationship with him. The atmosphere there is idyllic and the hours spent there are like water to my soul. It's just so refreshing. And God reveals things to me during those, those times alone with him, or even when I'm at prayer in prayer at home. And I think those things that he reveals and shows me are quite remarkable. So we need to have those times. That's exactly what the psalmist did. He entered the sanctuary of God. And, you know, if I didn't take time to slow down, or if you don't, we might miss some of those opportune moments. That's why having a devotional, a Bible study time and prayer time is so critical in our journey. It's refreshing. It's a way to take care of ourselves and to foster the relationship that we have with God. It's kind of like soaker time. Have you heard of that? Like a sponge just soaks up water or anything it's trying to absorb. If and that's what it's intended to do, right? A sponge is intended to soak and to absorb things. Well, our spirits, our ourselves, we need to be able to soak up God's presence in much the same way. If we're like a sponge and we're just old, dried and brittle, we get crumbly and we're not very effective that way. So we want to make sure that what we are soaking up is God's presence. And, and that's where we have... And I'm going to use the word enlightenment. I know you'll know what I mean by that. That's when we have those breakthroughs and that awareness. And, and when we're, we gain wisdom that way as we're seeking God in the sanctuary, we turn off our phone. Maybe we put on instrumental music in the background. Maybe we just sit there. Maybe we cry. Maybe we journal. Maybe we pray. But these are times when we ready our hearts and brains just to listen to what God might be gently whispering to us. Us. And I hope that you can find time to do this in your busy life. We have to be intentional about it. Otherwise, it will not happen. It will be so well worth it, though. And you might just find that you crave this time with God and it will become vital. The more you do it, the more you want it. It becomes vital for your spiritual well-being. We've learned that we become more content, peaceful, and even find that daily joy if we keep ourselves pure and if we meet God in his sanctuary. And number three, if we make God our refuge. Remember that the psalmist was struggling with what he saw and that great disparity between how God was treating those that he, he loved and, ser and who served him, those that those who loved him and served him and those who didn't and that disparity between the two and he was agonizing over that and struggling over that and he almost concluded that he gained nothing by living a chaste and pure life and making wise decisions and being in relationship with the with the lord he almost said that's it but guess what listen to what one commentator says he says this dear brethren the psalmist shows us how hard it is for us to keep up that continual attitude of faith. And I wonder, is it hard for you to keep up that continual attitude of faith, that mindset that will cling to God's word no matter what, despite all externals? Are you able to do that? He goes on to say how many difficulties there are in daily life in the way of our continually being true to our deepest convictions and seeking after him amidst all the distracting whirl and perplexities of our daily lives. But he shows us too how possible it is, even for men and women constituted as we are, we're just human beings, right? 
we're, you know, little clay vessels, all right, earthenware, if you will. But how possible it is, even for us, made of clay, moment by moment, day by day, task by task, to keep vivid the consciousness of our dependence upon him and the blessed consciousness of our being beside him. And how? If we do, in other words, if we depend on him, if we draw near to him, if, we, if we're in his sanctuary, if we're keeping beside him, right, that strength will come to us for everything. Do you believe that? Do you even believe that? That number Number three, we make God our refuge in this difficult, difficult world that we live in. And we make him our refuge minute by minute, play by play, instant by instant. The commentator goes on to say, say this, the secret of a joyous walk lies in this. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. We draw near to God when we clutch Christ in faith, our faith manifests itself, not merely by a lazy reliance upon what he once did long ago on the cross for us, but by daily effortful reviving of our consciousness of his presence, of our consciousness of our dependence upon him, and by the continual reference of thoughts, desires, plans, and actions to himself to himself. In other words, we are ever dependent upon him. His refuge is like a tower. It's a defense. It's a fortress around our minds, our hearts, our beings. And when we plant ourselves in his truth, then we are essentially equipping ourselves and we are, we are being strengthened just by his presence and our spiritual location. So Keep God beside you. And then there you will find what the psalmist reached at last, that peaceful insight into God's somewhat mysterious ways in this world. You keep your eyes on God and you stay so close to him. That is really the key to lasting joy and contentment in this life. So there you have it. Those three things will give you that daily peace and joy that you're after, despite all the externals. When you're in that sanctuary of his presence and you're made, we're made pure before him, right? That was Christ's atoning work on the cross, but we're made pure there and we're protected there and we're strengthened there. It's the joy of the Lord is our strength, and it brings him such joy when we draw near to him. That's what I want to do every day. Just, and I don't want to keep my eyes on everybody else and get lost in that comparison trap. Just want to be grateful and thankful for what he's doing in my life. So there you have it, Brain Changer. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. And if you can think of one other person who might benefit from this encouraging and inspirational message, today's or any of them that I try to put out each week, would you play, please share the link with them on uh, to our show? Send them a private message or text it to them. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. Drop a like, subscribe to the show, and even post a comment there. That will help us grow our channel. And you may 
you may know that recently I published a 365 day devotional called choose to think, find peace, joy, hope, health, and freedom every day. It's so much what I talked about on today's show about guarding our thoughts and making sure that we're, we're looking at the Lord and we're sifting everything, filtering everything through his word and what he says about himself, about us and about our scenarios and situations. So you can actually hear a few of, of the devotional readings, the daily readings on YouTube. I did about, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 or 11 of them on YouTube toward the end of December. You can also peek inside if you go to the Amazon link that I'm going to put inside the show notes or in the YouTube description here. You can also find out more about my coaching program. I'm, I am a Christian thought coach. I'm a certified Christian life coach, and I help folks really kind of analyze their thoughts because sometimes that's overwhelming and there's a little bit of a lack of clarity. So I can help you with that. I do three thought strategy, three free thought strategy sessions a month. So just email me at choose to think at gmail.com. You can go to the website, choose to think.co. Yes, that's .co and it's with the number two, choose to think.co. You can opt into my newsletter. You can find out more about coaching. You can get the book link over there. There's so much content over there. I would love to give you. I even have the seven R's for living your best thought life, which is a companion tool to the devotional that I'd like to give you at no charge. It's a one page printable infographic that will really help you with the method and the process that I've used, the proven strategy to learn how to live your best thought life. So please just stay in touch. I would love it so much. And I really appreciate your support. Even on Anchor, if you happen to be listening for 99 cents a month, you can actually support the show. That would be so meaningful to me if I'm trying to find sponsors and, and a few supporters. So that would be just one way that you could support. What is that? About 12 bucks a, a year, maybe, if you're enjoying the content and would consider doing that, I would really appreciate it. So thank you again um, for tuning in. But before I let you go, I'd, I'd really love to just pray for us. All right, will you join me? Father in heaven, I thank you so much for this glorious and wonderful day that you've given us. I thank you for our brains, literally. I thank you that for your word. I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died so that we might live and that our lives might be victorious in every sense of the word. I thank you that we've been given the mind of Christ. Help us to discover what that means. Father, I pray that every listener, every viewer would be so edified and encouraged and inspired by these messages that I share. May, may your truth prevail. In Jesus' name, amen. It's a wrap, Brain Changer. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao.